Shalom Lechem Rabbi Say. Although we're holding just a few days before Hanukkah, Mitzvah Shem Sunday night, we'll be lighting the Menorah. I thought that this week we'll continue our regular Seder, speaking about the Pashas Shavua, Pashas Vayeshev, and the Mitzvah Shem next week to try to send something out about Hanukkah. In Pashas Vayeshev, Yaakov in the finally makes it back to Eretz Yisrael, back to his father's house, and uh, he thinks at this point, Vayeshev Yaakov Beretz Betrayim, as she tells us, Bikesh Yaakov Vayeshev B'Shalva. Yaakov Vinu thought at this point, they'll be able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu with a certain tranquility, not being under the hands of Lavan, having to feel that he has to be tricked in all different sides. Now, he'll be able to be Eved Hashem with a certain Shalva, with a certain tranquility. And he found out that it was going to be just the opposite a number of challenges would be coming his way. His son that he waited for from Rachel, Ben Zkunim Yosef, who he had a special relationship with, that he taught him all the Torah of Shem Ve'ever, and he made him a special beggar to explain and pass him. So Yosef wound up building up a certain jealousy <coughs> that his brothers built a certain jealousy against Yosef. How the Shifteker could have jealousy, the Roshanim and the Roshanim explained that it's not the simple petty jealousy they would think of, certain things that in the Shemayim that they had thought that he wasn't Zaycha to. And we're not going to get into that part of the Sugi right now. And when Yaakov Inu sees that his sons are not around, he's concerned that maybe something happened and uh, he's worried about their welfare. So he sends Yosef HaTzadik to go look to see where they might be. And Yosef HaTzadik following his father's orders, even though he knew it could be a possible Sakana, but following his father's orders, he went out to Find his brothers, he meets up with the Malk Gabriel, tells him that they went to uh, Daisa. When he comes there, the brothers see him. At first, they want to kill him. And then Ruvain, who tried to, they thought it was Chayv Misa, Ruvain wanted to save him. So he suggested they should throw him to a bar. And being that he had to go back to, for his uh, day of serving Yaakov Avinu, he felt uh, when he comes back, he'll take him out of the bar and save him. But uh, he didn't want to let him be killed. While, while Reuben is away, so Yehuda suggests, what's the point in, in leaving him there inside this pit with our brother? Let's sell him. Let's make some money. And they sell him to the Vijan and the Ishmaelim. And he's on his way to Mitzrayim to be sold. And then when they come back to Yaakov Avinu, when they bring back his baggage to, to let Yaakov Avinu understand that Yosef was killed, they can't handle the pain of seeing their father like that. At that point, they're very, very disturbed with Yehuda and they they, uh, you know, they lost his chashivas. He was like the chashiv brother by all the brothers. Malchus coming out from Yehuda, and uh, they sort of like, you know, they were they were they were they were very uh, uh, unappreciative of his advice. And the pasuk talks about Vayered Yehuda. He went down in, in his chashivas, and it talks about his children until the two of his sons died, and he's left with the son Shela, and his daughter-in-law who was waiting for Yehuda to give Shela to him when she sees that. He's not willing to do that, so he's he's he sleeps with her. He's with her, and as a result of that, comes out comes out Peretz and Zarach, two twins. And actually, the pasuk says, "Vehine time time and he wound up having twins. She had twins inside her. She was expecting twins, and Rashi points out that here the word time is spelled complete with an aleph. Whereas by Esav, Yaakov and Esav, it says, Taimim, Dav, Vav, Mem, Yud, Mem, it doesn't have the Aleph. 
as if to say, because one of them wasn't a tzaddik over there. It was only Yaakov was tzaddik. Here, both of them were tzaddikim. Came out from this. And eventually, this led to David Melech. Now, everybody at this point was in different situations from this whole story, from this whole turn of events. A lot of things happened over here. And the Medrash brings down the following. The Medrash Rabbi. The Medrash says, Rashmur Banach ben Pasach. Rashmur Banach ben opened up with the following limo to teach us. The Pasach says, I know all the thinking processes behind everything. Referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, knowing all the thinking processes behind everything. The Shvatim, they thought at this point, they were just busy with selling Yosef to, to Mitzrayim. The Yosef at this point was in mourning, his, his beggar being torn in mourning, he's sitting inside a, a wagon going to Mitzrayim, he doesn't know where he's going. Reuben was also in mourning at this point because he came back to go save Yosef from the bar and he sees the bar is empty, he realizes something must have happened to him. And Yaakov was definitely in mourning because he's being made to understand that his son died, his son was Yehuda all of a sudden is now going to find a wife, to Tamar, to, to, right? Everyone was busy with Avelos and what they were busy with and one getting married, one one selling, one doing all different types of things. And Akash Baruch in the meantime was busy setting up the the uh, steps and the procedures for Irish or Melech Mashiach. Out from from Paris came out Malchus Beis David, which comes out from there the Melech Mashiach. Now, what do we learn from this Medrash? From this Medrash, you learn something very very powerful, and that's really something that we learn from this parsha. Not always what we see in front of us. As the, as the current events that are in front of us is exactly what the real meaning behind it is, is really, is really <coughs> happening. Over here it looked like terrible. It was a terrible thing. It was a difficult thing. And the, the, the Shvatim were punished for this. That's the Sarin of Malchus, right? But they would Sadiqim and we have to understand what, what the Kavana was, like we said before. But the whole story here, we didn't realize that this was a whole setup. That Akash Baruch Hu was orchestrating at the time behind behind the scenes, leading that this was going to lead us eventually to Yehuda going and having from from Tamar coming out Peretz and Zarech, and that's where Mashiach is going to come out from. Now, why the Mashiach had to come through this way? So there's different Mefarshim that talk about it. Shalom talks about it. Others talk about it. Why why Mashiach comes from Tamar with 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 Yehuda and from Light with his two daughters. That Mashiach comes out from there. That's where Rus came from. Which was the grandmother of David, like you know, the great grandmother of David. How, you know, how, how, you know, why it had to be that way? That's a different, that's a different uh, discussion. But from here, we see came out from this whole story. Not we were thinking that just that Yosef was in, in his his misery and Yaakov in his misery and Reuben in his misery and 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 the Judah busy finding a wife and 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 the Shvatim going and selling. From here, we see that there was a whole masterminded plan. For, the, for Mashiach being created over here. And that's something which we have to realize at all times and all generations. There's sometimes things that are happening we have to realize there's a mastermind, there's an orchestrator, there's somebody that's running the world that's that's doing things and sometimes we have to just wait around to see the whole the whole picture, the whole thing. And sometimes we don't get a chance to see it all till much later on. Sometimes there are things that we walk in the middle of a picture happening. 
and therefore we don't understand because we're missing the previous information. You know, this idea is illustrated by Ruven Karelenstein Zatzal. He tells over a story. It seems like there was a a a, um, a Maisid named Arachayim in Daybrak, right? That's a place that was made for girls that have challenging challenging backgrounds and to give them a chance to be able to have a Tardika Chinuch and to build them and to be able to build their Abbas Atayr Mitzvahs and eventually they wind up marrying, you know, very fine, fine Torah-oriented, uh, you know, boys and uh, building Torah house, homes. And he would took upon himself, he started this, uh, this Maisid, and he would take upon the, uh, himself the financial, the financial responsibilities to support it. At one point he came to America, he wound up in some far, far off place in America, and he had an appointment to meet a certain wealthy person. And, when he came to meet this wealthy person, all of a sudden he felt a little bit ill, and he realized that he's burning up in temperature, and he's not feeling well. And he realized, like, like, why is such a thing happening to me now? This is not supposed to be part of my schedule. I don't usually get temperature like this at all, 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 all times. But what am I supposed to do? Okay, said it this way. So he went to find a doctor. So they they directed him to a doctor. Maybe I think it was in, in San Francisco or somewhere in, you know in, in America. And he comes to a doctor, a doctor that's a Jewish doctor, but somebody who was very, when was not very <coughs> much involved with Judaism. Somebody who was once religious and basically left a lot of the things that he was doing beforehand. He comes to the doctor, and the doctor starts to talk to him and to, to check him. He says, "You know, I have to, I have to check your your heart and your lungs because something sounds, you know, uh, something's wrong, something's wrong to me." I need you to check. I need to check you. If you could please take off your shirt. He took off his shirt, and all of a sudden, the doctor looks at him. And he sees him wearing tzitzis. He was in. He's wearing a talus cotton with tzitzis. He looks and goes, "What? They still wear these sticks? Talus cotton? They still wear these sticks?" He says, "You know, I know they used to have this, but today, in this generation, people still wear this." And so Moshe Prather looks and he says, well, "What do you mean? How does it everybody wears this? And even in America, you look around the world, everybody wears this all different." In all different types of places, well, you you can't, you don't, you know, you, you haven't seen anyone wearing a towel's gut. He says, no, I didn't know about that. I thought it's outdated. You know, I thought it's, you know, years ago he used to wear this. I thought it's an outdated thing. So once he's talking to him, he says, yeah, you know something, you should know, I run a, a, I have a bunch of girls, meaning his, from his, from his school, that they also didn't understand so much about talus and tzitzis and chilling, and they wind up marrying and they tell you they wind up wearing talus and chillin and and uh, and being the kind of mitzvahs. I have a thousand, you know, a thousand girls over there that they wind up taking care of. Okay, so he was very nice, very impressed. He started asking him about the school. Then he gives him a whole bunch of medicines, and he, uh, you know, and he, and he and he helps him to get better. Now the the rav wants to pay him. For the for the uh, you know for the services, the doctor said, "No, I'm not going to take it from you. It's okay. You know, I'm gonna you know I, I don't need it." So the the doctor, the rev was like very 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 um, stubborn, and he said, "No, no, no, you have to take the money." And not only that, he reaches into his bag, and he pulls out a very 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 expensive pair of filler that he used to go around when he traveled when he would meet wealthy people. 
that he would uh, encounter for his for his uh, and he would try to encourage them if they were hidden, they were trying to encourage them to put on tefillin. And he gets the doctor to, you know, uh, to put on tefillin. And then he talks about the Hashiva so tefillin. And then he walks away and says, You see, now I understand the Ashkacha Pratis over here. I see the Ashkacha Pratis, why I had to get sick over here to come here, even though I was coming here for my for money for my Maisid. And I and I, I I had to you know Meshkacha practice and I should be able to help a yid here to be introduced again to the mitzvah of tzilin, to be introduced to the mitzvah of tzitzis. And the doctor was very touched by putting it on. And then they you know, he went back to Eretz Yisrael. One day when the Ramesh Prada was in his office in Eretz Yisrael, the secretary or something calls him and says, "There's somebody here who wants to meet you, right? <clears throat> some some doctor or something wants to meet you." So he comes in, I think he called him on the telephone, he spoke to him, and he said, you know, I'd like to speak to you. He said, I don't know who you are. He says, remember, I was the doctor from Metro, I want to come, I want to come visit you. Walks in, Shalom Leichem, he says, I came to see your, your institution, I came to see this place that you talked about. He walks around, he looks, and he takes him out the whole place, and he shows him, it's a really unbelievable place with, you know, a thousand, you know, a thousand girls will be worked with, and the doctor is so touched. He comes and says, you know, when you told me you have an institution of a thousand people, I thought maybe a hundred girls were exaggerating. But I see what this really is over here. But let me tell you something. I'll tell you why I came. I wanted to see it for myself. And I'm so touched with how you were so vibrant and so excited about your Terry Mitzvah. You know, I'm a single man. And I happen to be pretty wealthy. A doctor. I don't really have anywhere to give my money to. I don't have any future to anything that coming out for me. And I decided from what I saw with your honesty and your appreciation for Yiddishkeit that I want my my estate and I want my money to go towards your institutions and I want to make sure that it's done legally so that nobody else afterwards can try to claim and try to argue about this. I want to make sure that that gets taken care of. So let's try and organize that now. So they got a lawyer and they did everything and worked it out. And afterwards, the, this Ramesha turned to this doctor and he said, I don't know if you realize the great, the great business deal that you just did right now. You know, the Torah tells us that when a person comes up to Shemayim, it's not a person's money, it's not a person's fame that he brings up with him to the Kisya Kavay. What a person brings up to him to the Kisya Kavay is his Torah Maisim Tavim. Now, when I thought that I came to America to raise money, and I didn't understand why I had the temperature. I had it all figured out after I had the schools to teach you about Tal's Tal's gotten and Tefillin, and to teach you to put on Tefillin again, and to give the appreciation for Tefillin. And I didn't realize that in the end, that was going to be, first of all, the result that was going to wind up supporting my Maisit, my, my institution, that it was going to come back at me in the end where I thought, when I'm getting temperature now, what's happening to what I came there for? In the end, it was leading up to something much bigger but in the end, it wound up coming to a point where your money is going to be supporting all the girls that are going to marry family into families where their husbands are going to be putting on thousands of and the children are going to be putting on tzitzis, and the children are going to be putting on tzitzis. You're the one that's going to be the behind the whole thing. So there's a whole different picture of what, we, what, what I see right now of this great meeting that we had from that temperature that I came up with and it was somewhere all the way in, 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 the, in, the, in, in the, you know, the parts of America. Because if we understand this and we realize there's a big world, it's a small world, it's a big world, 
Hashem <coughs> created, but this is orchestrated. This is a Bari Eilam, and there's Ashkacha Pratis. And we, and we, we internalize that into our Avedis Hashem. And therefore, when things happen in our life, and we have different occurrences and things, we just ride along with it to the best of our ability and to keep ourselves strong in our Torah, in your Shemayim, in our, in our Avedis Amitzvahs, and not to let the current events distract us from that because we don't know, we, Hashem has a plan for things are heading. And we're just here to be able to ride along with that plan and accomplish as much as we can to the time that Hashem gives us is supposed to be here. And when we take that into our Avedis Hashem, that makes us have happiness. That makes us have satisfaction from our Avedis Hashem. And not to ask questions on how did this happen? How did that happen? Why did this happen? We don't know where, where things are going to take us, where it's going to go. Yaakov could have asked all the questions in the world. He held strong. And from there came out that that led to Mashiach. You know, spoke in Yeshiva this week. A slave brought him to speak in the Yeshiva. And he said over that, you know, Yosef HaTzadik went through a whole procedure of events. His brothers hated him. They wanted to kill him. They sold him. And he's hold, the whole time holding strong. Yosef HaTzadik, Yosef HaTzadik, Yosef HaTzadik. Then he comes to betray him. And he, and he, and he's, and he, and he, and he has the, the test of the wife of Potiphar, where she promised him everything in the world to, 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 to be able to seduce him. And he held strong and he fought with the day to her and he ran out. And what happens to that? He gets put into jail. And he, and he could have had all the questions, all the tightness, all the complaints and everything there. And meanwhile, he held strong. In the end, he wound up becoming a melech. For 80 years, he was ruling over Mitzrayim. From 30 years to 110 years old. But he didn't see that at, at, at the beginning when he was going through this whole this whole procedure from 17 till 30. He had years of very difficult times and challenges, but he held strong, realizing the Emerson HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and that there's a purpose for being inside the world, and that's the Yosef HaTzadik. In with Hashem, we, should all, we shouldn't have to have concerns. We shouldn't have to have challenges and tests. But we have everything is a test. Even the good things that we have wind up being tests. And we should be able to mechazak ourselves in realizing the Zabari Eilam, and the Zashkach HaPratis, and that, the, and we have to look at just, just being able to accomplish as much as we can in Torah Mitzvahs while we're inside this world, with the with the Ashkocha practice that we have, and with that, maybe we can Hashem Shemayim, and Mitzvah Shem, which is to see the Nisim and the flows and the wonderful things that Hakadosh Baruch has in store for us, and bring us Bez Hashem to the Gula Shneim of Bekar Beinu Bez Hashem Amen. Everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos and a Bez Hashem of Frel Chalich Bikachanika. And call to the Ritz Hashem. We're going to try, like we said before, to send something out, something out next week for Hanukkah. Call to.